Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. What's the weather like where you are? It's a little chilly, and that is relevant today because we are doing one of our regular More Than Mom episodes about the weather. We are talking about the weather. (laughs) So we are talking on purpose. Like, we're going to do a whole episode about it. Um, As you know, we do these More Than Mom episodes every, I don't know, a couple of Sundays a month, and they're a little different from our Tuesday episodes in that we don't necessarily talk about a parenting topic or something really helpful to you. It's really more about us and indulging ourselves in a bunch of chit chat. And one of the things that we love to talk about is the weather. We really do. Um, And if you're new around here, you may have heard us laugh that in the very early days of the podcast, we kind of accidentally would banter about the weather. It was like us getting on the phone with a friend. So we didn't even, we weren't as professional and polished. We didn't know what we were doing. Okay. And so we would, and we live in different climates. I'm in Southern California. You're in Michigan. And we had a very, if I remember correctly, it was gently delivered listener feedback that like, Hey, maybe you could get to the topic a little little sooner. (laughs) Right. So then we stopped, Um, we stopped ever talking about about the weather, weather. but now the topic is the weather. So that's, you know, if you don't want to hear about it, um, this episode, maybe is not for you. But I really find it fascinating because we've lived in vastly different climates from each other. Yep. We live on opposite sides of the country. And also it's really relevant because for a, as a mom, like weather has such a huge impact on your daily life. Everything from getting kids out the door to play, like everything. It really makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. I, we've done some episodes about like uh, we did one on winter gear. If you missed that yep. one, um, we did one on summer gear. And you realize when we talk to the moms in our Facebook group in different parts of the country, the weather trickles in to every area of your life, the kind of yeah. stuff that you buy, the kind of activities your kids sign up for. Um, so it really is relevant. And I think talking about the weather kind of gets a bad rap, like as if you have nothing better to talk about, I guess. But um, I also find even in the community, it's something that connects. Everybody's going through the same, you know, the rainstorms or the extra yes. dry summer. And so, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. And imagine if you were a meteorologist. You would you would have literally nothing better to talk about because that is your job. <laughs> that is so we're job. we're going to talk about that today, but we don't really know any of the science behind weather. We're just going to talk about our experience um, through the years as parents, now as moms, like yeah. just as women, like how the weather affects our lives. So let's talk first about where we've lived, um, kind of like the different climates we've lived in, the different areas of the country. Um, and what that has felt like in the weather. Sarah, you go first. Yeah, I'll go first and I'll be quick. This is good for anybody new who doesn't know us. You get like the, like, this is your life weather style for Sarah. So I was born in gray, rainy Oregon in the Willamette Valley, but I lived there until kindergarten. So, uh, but I do have a whole extended family from Oregon. So I do feel like I have kind of Oregon roots, very gray and rainy. Um, And then I grew up in mild coastal California. Some might say central. I kind of think it's on the border of central and southern California, but right on the coast, which is very mild climate, um, not too hot, not too cold um, and very beachy coastal weather. 
And then I was a college and young adult in Chicago and right outside Chicago. So did seven Midwest winters. And one of those, I actually was in England for a full school year. So a full nine months. So uh, very gray and rainy, including I wasn't there the whole winter because I came home for about four weeks in the middle. But I, you know, I, I had my fill of um, that winter. And then um, we were nine years in Arizona, um, which if you've heard, is really hot in the summer. (laughs) I read that in a book somewhere. Yeah, I think everybody knows it's a dry heat, right? I always say, I I always say that comment, that comment is valid when you're talking about anywhere from like 80 to 90, 95. Because when you, someone like you, Megan, from the Midwest, when you hear 85, 90, 95, what you imagine is very different from what that temperature feels like in Arizona. So the whole, like, it's a dry heat thing, I think it does apply when you're talking about that temperature range. It's, it's, it, it, it's valid. Um, yes. where it doesn't is when it's 117 for four months in a row like that. Right. It doesn't matter if it's dry or not. Um, yes. so that was Arizona. And then, um, we moved to Southern California in Orange County, uh, and have been here for five years. And the climate I live now is very similar to the one that I grew up in plus about five or six degrees on any given day. Like throughout the whole year, it's pretty much the same as where I grew up in Santa Barbara. It's just a little bit warmer here. So yeah, that's my, that's my You've whirlwind. Been kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I used to do the radio show um, with my co-host, Johnny, we would always, if it was really, really hot, we'd say, but it's a dry heat <laughs> and then laugh and laugh because even, <laughs> you know, even in the Midwest, if it gets to be really hot, it kind of doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. But it's, I would take dry heat over humid, but I would never take 117 degrees. I don't know how you did it. Right. Um, so for me, I grew up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Um, I have been almost entirely my life a Michigan girl. I've lived, um, I lived in the UP, which is what we call it, which is like practically Canada. It is. Very it's, cold. Yeah. Very snowy, very remote um, up there. And I lived there until I was 13, then moved downstate. And I've kind of lived all over the downstate area. Um, Lived briefly in Indiana, briefly in Chicago, briefly in Minnesota, which really we lived in Minneapolis, which is the climate of the UP. Yeah. Again, like lots of snow. Yeah. I spent one really miserable winter on a third floor apartment with a newborn and a toddler that, oh my gosh, that was, that was rough. I didn't get out a whole lot. Um, and, um, actually the year Jacob was born, lived in Nashville for a little over a year. And the thing about Nashville is it's hotter during the summer and milder during the winter than it is up here. Mm -hmm. But really like it has a very similar feel, Mm -hmm. like it gets humid. It just, it doesn't feel tropical or like, it's not like I went down there and thought, oh, this has such a different feel. It was just like, you know, 20 degrees warmer than I would have expected it to be. I feel like Nashville has four seasons, doesn't it? That's in do. my mind. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a very um, kind of a temperate four it's season. Temperate. Yeah. Yep. It's temperate. It didn't get super cold. I do remember everyone freaking out like on New Year's Eve because it was going to rain and they like shut the mall early because it <laughs> might freeze maybe. And like, I just laughed because I thought, yeah, then we would just shut the entire state of Michigan down for you know, always. Whole, well, you always, and I were, right. you and I were in Nashville for work in the fall in November and it was the week of that very early deep freeze across the Midwest, yes. like the very dangerous. And so Nashville being farther south didn't get as cold as like the polar vortex. But it was in right. the 30s when we were it there. And I think yeah. that was unusual for them, especially in early yes. November or early. I don't remember when I lived there. I don't remember it often going below like 45. Like yeah. That was kind of like the that was like the and that's a comfortable place to be in the winter. I don't yeah. mind that at all. Um, So I think it's really interesting. Just this is more of a, a geography comment than a weather comment. But. I think it's really interesting how states are lumped together as the Midwest mm-hmm. because really there's such a huge difference between Michigan and like Kansas, yeah. which I really think of as the true Midwest. And um, I, a lot of it, I mean, if you look at like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Migration across the uh-huh. country and people moving West, like it was called the Middle West for a while. And for a while, like Michigan was as far as people really went and yeah. then it kind of bumped out and bumped out. And so it's just, I think it's really interesting to look at it that way. But I really think of where I live as a Great Lakes state, and that's a little bit different. Yeah. It's, the lakes create different climate. Okay. Um, first of all, yeah. I'm fascinated that you think Kansas is the Midwest. I don't know what I think of Kansas as, but I wouldn't, it doesn't seem like a Midwestern. When I think a true Midwest to me would be like Indiana or. Yeah. Um, and, and I did live in Chicago and I do remember it being called the upper Midwest or the Great Lakes region. Yeah. Those, those, I, I mean, I'm, so I'm, I'm totally on board with you there. I just, Kansas is not the state I would pick if I were to pick 
the quintessential Midwest state, it would be maybe like Ohio, Indiana, or Indiana. Illinois, yeah. Ohio. Well, again, it's like, I think it just depends on your perspective. I'm actually looking at a map right now of the Midwestern United States and it goes from Ohio over to like the Dakotas, um, Nebraska, Nebraska is so Midwest. Yeah, it is. It's just like right in the middle. It's yeah. like right in the middle of the country. Um, but it's also like corn and plains. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, I think it's just, just I, I, what I will say is that if you live in Michigan or Indiana or, or Northern Indiana or Illinois or Wisconsin, yeah. your climate is affected so much by the Great Lakes that like when we're talking about the weather, right. it's very different, right. very different experience. Right. Um, so probably it's really less about geography, I guess, and more about the fact that like, it's really nothing like, like living in, in Missouri yeah. is nothing like living yes. in Michigan. No, that, yeah. that makes sense. And we just, yeah, we live in a very big geographically large country. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Sarah. So let's talk about the weather where we are right now. So just give us a snapshot. What is it like outside? Is the current weather pretty usual for this time of year? Or like, what can you expect this time of year? You go first. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. So I am pulling up my weather app because I wanted to give you an actual temperature. And we're recording this in the morning, my time. It's about 1030 in the morning. And it's 57 degrees uh, in here in Orange County in Southern California. It's really sunny. Um, it's, this is pretty typical January and February are our short winter. Um, daytime highs are usually 60 to 65. And the, the big question is, is it rainy or is it clear and sunny? Either way, it's going to be in that fifties and and low sixties for the most part. Um, and so we've had typical so far, um, listeners know I've been walking every day. I'm doing like 40 days to 40 countdown. And so when I started that, my only hesitation was we can have very rainy winters, January and February. And so far we haven't, it's really bright and crisp. And, um, when I go outside on my walk, it's about 45 probably, and then warms up to about 60, low sixties during the day. Um, so that's pretty typical this time of year. It's, it's relatively short. Um, I, I love this time of year here. 
but uh, it can be warm all the way through November, even early December, and it will start to warm up again in March. So it's really all we get of this kind of California winter is January and February. Um, and other than it feels like it hasn't rained quite as much as normal yet, but it's still we're still only mid-January. So other than that, it feels pretty typical. So what what would you say is like your heat of the day and when does the sun go down for you right now? Oh, good question. So I think the heat of the day is probably one or two in the afternoon. Um, sometimes I take my lunch outside. My backyard's really sunny and my the inside of my house does not heat well. So sometimes I'm cold and I go outside and just sit in the sun. And even if it's just 60 and sunny, it feels, mm-hmm. you know, you know how good 60 and sunny yeah. can feel if you've been chilly. Um, and then sun has been going down around five. So okay. Yeah. So late afternoon light gets very, you know, the sun gets very low. Even I pick up the yeah. kids at their after school program at 345. And even at 345, it's not like it's dark, but the sun is so low in the sky that it's that very late afternoon winter light. It's really pretty. We have really pretty sunsets, sunrises and colors this time of year. And I, I don't know mm. if that's always a winter thing, but it just feels like it's really pretty. So how about okay. you? Well, um, right now, I just also checked the weather. It is 38 degrees out. Okay. Um, it is 1.40 in the afternoon where I am. The heat of the day will happen. Probably the highest temps will be between three and four. Okay. Um, and that's pretty typical. Like year round, like it, it does get hot at noon or one. But like if, if it's a really hot day, it's going to be like the hottest right around three. That's, that's so usually that's yeah. so interesting. And I, I, Isn't it? I just looked again. I thought maybe I'm wrong. Maybe ours is later. But I even though I was guessing that today's high is 63 and that's happening between one and 2 PM. So I wasn't wrong. Yeah. I'm just, that's, I'm curious that yours is later. I was wondering if what's maybe it's where the sun is yeah. like where we're positioned. Um, we are also um, on the very West, um, I guess, brink of a new time zone. So like yeah. we are the westerliest County until you go into a new time zone. So the sun isn't going down here until closer to six. Okay. And we get really nice late sunsets in the summer, like uh-huh. 10. Okay. Like it doesn't, the sun really doesn't go down until almost 10 o'clock in July. So okay. that's nice. That's yeah. like, I, I like that. Um, it's a little warmer. It's been an unseasonably mild January. So we, the last few years, we've had this weird thing where we get a huge storm in November. Uh-huh. And then it usually shuts the schools down for a couple of days, like a big snowstorm, like out, it always feels out of the blue and everyone's always surprised by it. Every year there's like a run on the grocery store. Like we didn't see it coming. <laughs> and then I have to make fun of people and say, I look back through your Facebook memories. Like this happens every year. Yeah. Um, and then the last couple of years we've had really mild Decembers, but then last year and the year before January, we got hit hard. In fact, I want to say maybe the last three or four years, maybe longer, We've had really snowy Januaries. And this year, I mean, we're well into January and there hasn't really been snow on the ground. Hmm. So I don't know if we're just going to kind of get a pass this year on um, a heavy snow or if it's going to come later. That often does happen. Um, But I would say it's about five degrees warmer than what I would expect um, on a typical winter day. And about 30 degrees warmer than it probably was this time last year. Because as you recall, last January, we got hit over and over. Yes. With crazy cold, cold and, and then weather. snow and then cold and then yep. snow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So what is that then? Like you're in your winter. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you as a mom? Like, yeah. so I'm talking about stuff like dressing the kids. And yeah. Them playing outside. And- yeah. I mean, we're very spoiled. It really does not affect our life to go to be kind of indoor, outdoor people as Californians are. You know, we're we're equally inside. We're outside. We're not kind of shut out of either realm. Um, the kids need to wear sweatshirts for sure, like warm hoodies in the morning to school. As a mom, that means sometimes they lose those hoodies if the warmest temperature gets like if it's more like 65 to 70 in the afternoon, then all the kids take their hoodies off and they leave them at school because Californian kids are not, yeah. they're not trained. They are not trained to keep track of their warm things. Um, so a little bit of extra layering for the kids. Um, it does mean as a mom, when I wake up my house, so we don't run the heat at night. I know we're going to get into that later, like climate control, but we don't usually with warm blankets, we don't need to run the heat at night. But when we get up in the morning, the temperature of my house is like, 63. It's really chilly. So then the heat's on in the morning. Everybody's kind of chilly in the morning. Um, so I, I think we move a little more slowly, but yeah, it really, it does not, unless it's raining, it just doesn't cramp our style very much. I'm here. I'm uh, showing my, yeah. my privilege here. You weather privilege. <laughs> yes. A little bit. Well, it's funny. I would say that that has changed dramatically. Like when my kids were really little winter was basically me getting them in and out of snowsuits yes. and dealing with snow tracked all over the house. And like, 
trying to encourage them to stay out for longer than five minutes by dressing them well enough, but not having so many layers that it was such a pain to like get them in and out. And that was a dance I did for many, many years. Now, because they're older, it really more looks like fighting with my middle and high schooler that they actually do need to wear something. Yeah. Like, yeah. did I tell, did I ever talk about the show about the day that I dropped William off? I think I, think I did. You did. Yeah. In shorts and a t-shirt. Yes. And he was like, well, I'm fine. I'm cold master. <laughs> I can handle it. And then wanted to ride home from a basketball game that night. And he walked and it was like 22 <laughs> degrees out. Yeah. It was when so, we talked about our winter gear. Cause you were talking about yeah. the, the little skinny gloves that you can sneak in your kid's pocket when they're too, yes. too proud to wear actual outerwear. I just, I don't get it. Like it's <laughs> why, why is a thing to not wear, like want to wear coats? It's cold. Like, come on guys. I don't know. It is, it's such a stereotype, but it is so true. Um, I would also say that my kids are pretty much perma hoodie from October through April. Yeah. Like to the extent where, especially the boys, Clara wears just regular shirts, but the boys, I sometimes wonder why I even bother buying them shirts that aren't think, hoodies. Are they wearing shirts under their hoodies or does it, do you they not are. know? No, okay. they wear shirts. Well, uh, yeah, I've had to check before yeah. because I've had to be like, look, like, is this outerwear, <laughs> underwear, or yeah. is it like someplace in between? Yeah. Cause the hoodies don't always make it into the wash. And yeah. then, you know, when they start to like sweat and stink, like you really have to watch that. And it's not like they have seven hoodies, one for every day of the week. Right. They, yeah. So th that's something that I've really had to keep an eye on with the boys. Um, but I did laugh sometimes I could be like, I, I thought I could just buy a package of undershirts and right. they could just wear undershirts with a hoodie and it would be just the same as what is happening now. They right. have all these cool shirts and t-shirts that nobody ever sees. So, um, it's, you know, right now the warming up the car thing can be kind of a hassle and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to having with the new house that we're moving into. I have a, a garage. I was going to ask because parking, yes. um, even for us, uh, Brian and I kind of take turns parking in, inside. We only have room for one car in the garage and yeah. it kind of depends on who comes home first. But if my car has been parked in the driveway and I have to drive early in the morning, if I don't have to drive till later, it's fine. But the the condensation and the yep. glare and the so parking in a garage is a, makes a huge difference in in extreme climates. And I know that from Arizona as well, of course. It does. And like the house that I had been living in didn't have, didn't have a garage. And so if it was a day, um, where even if it was just kind of frosty, I would have to, when I'm driving William to school, roll all the windows down uh -huh. because I can't see. And it takes a little while for the heat to kick in and defrost the windows. So, yeah. yeah so it's not so much about like the intensive parenting stuff as it used to be for me, but there's still implications. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what challenges does your weather present in general? So not really necessarily about the kids, but yeah. like, you know, I know you've talked about this being the year you're not cold. Yes, this is the winter. Um, I refuse to be cold. Keeping the house at a consistent temperature, staying active outdoors, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think the the house is the big one. And I did talk about it in a recent episode. But um, our, I think our our homes here just aren't set up. Our homes and our lives aren't set up great for winter because our winters are mild and they're short. Uh, but as a result, you can actually feel colder than you would in a very cold climate. So um, I, uh, the biggest challenge for me right now, and I don't know if this is the actual heating unit or the way our house is constructed, but the difference between the upstairs and the downstairs is like, it's like a joke. I want you to come to my house and walk downstairs with me so you can just see how much I'm not exaggerating. If the heat's on <laughs> in the morning and you're upstairs in a bedroom or a bathroom, you are toasty warm. You're feeling the heat. You, you walk down the stairs and it's like an open staircase. And you can feel the temperature drop. I don't know how many degrees, like 10. It's it's a yeah. huge, huge drop. And so the part of our lives we spend downstairs, which is a lot of it, um, is so much colder, which then means I feel like we end up, I end up running the heat more, but it, it's mm -hmm. only getting hot upstairs. Or the few times if I'm like um, straightening my hair or blow drying my hair in my bathroom, it's like 4,000 degrees and I come downstairs, it's like a different climate. So that has been, it really is frustrating, um, but it's a minor frustration. I mean, I live in a, in a, nice cozy house but it's it feels like that should be a solvable problem and I don't know if well, other houses have two I, units I don't know how it works I, I think first of all probably the construction is a little bit different yeah. um like you know the the house that I have spent the last couple of years in is a little bungalow and like the walls are thick and it's just made to keep people warm yeah and it was built a long time ago so it was made to keep people warm before there was probably even central heat yeah um but I also, I totally agree about your house, by the way. I've been freezing in your house <laughs> and you. there's nothing worse. Okay. There's many things worse, but <laughs> there aren't that many things worse than feeling cold when you think you should feel warm. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, 
like feeling like I'm in a place that's warm. Like everything about what I'm looking at looks warm. There's it's palm sunny trees. Out. There's palm trees. <laughs> and yet I'm so cold. Yeah. Why is that? And I think this can be very frustrating. So yeah, yeah so. I hear you. That's that's the main uh, challenge. And then the, the only other one would be if we have a very rainy winter, um, you know, everything you read about California with our fires and our mudslides yeah. and our flooding, like we just kind of can't get a hold of that kind of stuff. So depending on the winter, uh, a rainy winter can mean other hassles um, again with our buildings, like our buildings aren't set up for it. So roof leaks are common, flood, minor flooding, like at the kids' school, it's kind of at the bottom of a hill. So like the entire playground mm. can fill up. So um, so far this winter, that hasn't been an issue, but that can definitely, we've had trees fall down in a rainstorm and stuff. So yeah, we get our, we get our winter storm. So, we've had you? a lot of, um, we've actually had a lot of flooding issues over the last few years. The lakes are really high right now um, and have been. There, there's like a golf course that they're basically just giving up on because it's been flooded. Wow, you know, yeah. It's like right on the riverbank. The, um, the piers are covered. So it's not really yeah. safe to walk on them a lot of the time and basements flood around here really badly. And, you know, yards flood. Yeah. So that's been, that's been a thing, I think, um, in a lot of places and definitely up here. Um, so like the challenges that it presents, like, I really hate to be cold. Yeah. Um, I wear a lot of wool socks mm-hmm. and sweaters and other sweater like items that I put on. Um, I don't always know like what layers to wear when I go out. So for example, if I, you know, I love to walk, um, but there's that sort of delicate balance between, okay, so it's 32 degrees. That means when I walk out the door, I'm going to be freezing. Yeah. But by the time I've walked for, a, you know, half a mile, I'm going to be really warm, but I still don't want to suffer yeah. through that first half mile. So it's like that kind of stuff. I do see a big plunge in my physical activity mm-hmm. this time of year. I just get kind of sluggish. It's gray. Yeah. It's kind of depressing. Going outside's a hassle. So people tend to really go indoors and loot and pack on five, 10 pounds. So yeah. It's kind of like, it's a Michigan like joke, but <laughs> everyone just starts eating more, watching more TV. Um, it's dark, it gets dark early. So you just, you just don't really want to be out. I get and it. Active in the evening. So I get yeah. it. I have a funny story really quick about when I sure. first went to Northwestern. I, there's many funny stories about how unprepared for Chicago winters I was, including like, I didn't own enough socks. Like I had like two pairs <laughs> of socks, but anyway, the funny stories when I went on a tour of the campus, it was like August and the tour guide was very funny. She was like a theater major. And um, she made the joke that like you get to school, you meet all these new friends. And but then pretty soon it gets cold, like, you know, a couple months in it gets cold and then it's cold forever and ever and ever. And she's like, the funniest part is like April when everyone has their gear off and comes out of the buildings. And it's like seeing all these people you haven't seen in five months. And it's like new student week all over again, because all you've seen are these hats and hoods for months. So I just, I think it made an impression on me because I'd never, I'd been to the snow, but I had never lived for a continuous amount of time in that kind of climate and just being like, wow, that is different. But that That reminded me of it when you were saying like, people just go inside and like, see you in a few months. Okay. So one more question, then we'll take a quick break. And that is like, what is your favorite and least favorite thing about the weather this time of year? And I'm also going to expand on that question and say, what is your favorite time of year where you live? Um, this is my favorite time of year and I love it. When you first wrote this question in our outline, I wrote nothing is my least favorite because I love California winters so much and they're my favorite. Um, I'm very happy this time of year. I really don't like to be hot. And when I talked about high temperatures being 65, like that's plenty for me. I'm Mm. 65 with like a light sweater outside in the afternoon sun or maybe 68 or 70. Like I'm fine. So this is my very, very favorite time of year. I think I like the change about it. It feels like we get our little winter, even though it's mild and short. It feels like a change. Um, So that is my favorite thing about it. If I had to pick a least favorite thing, and I did allude to this, but driving in the early morning with our the angle of the sun and the condensation. I live in a very hilly area and you can drive in and out of fog banks and then the sun. So the sun might be really glaring bright. And then you might go down a hill and it's foggy and you're coming in and out of it. And I'm not kidding. I have felt like I'm going to die on the roads a few times. (laughs) Like, I think I've lost all of my winter driving skills. And then I'm not the one who normally takes the kids. Brian is. So I don't I'm not driving at 730 in the morning very often. And when I do, I'm like, how do people do this? Nothing helps. Sunglasses don't help. Rolling down the windows well, yeah, doesn't because help. It's like the whole environment is like, yeah, you know, glared out. Yeah. So you can't we have a couple of times a day like that. too. Yeah. And I just try not to go anywhere. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't I, I'm seriously. So anyway, that's a pretty little thing. I truly, truly love this time of year. I love it when it's rainy. I love it when it's 
clear and cool. I love it when we get like for us, if we had an extra cold week, maybe like the highs would be in the 50s. But then sometimes in February, you'll get 72 to 75. And I also like that because it feels like bonus warm. So like there's really nothing that I don't love about California winters. I love them. How about you? I love it. Well, I mean, my favorite thing about the weather this time of year is that it'll be over soon. I guess. <laughs> I really love a beautiful like winter day. I really yeah. love a crispy, crunchy snow, bright blue sky. Mm-hmm. Those days are amazing. I just feel like they're very few and far between. Yes. What we tend to get is a lot of gray, 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 and like snow and melt and snow and melt and freeze. And so I hate to be a bummer about the winter. I keep trying to have a better attitude. And I really do have a good attitude about the things I do in the winter. I love being cozy. I love wearing sweaters. Mm -hmm. I love wearing socks. Like I love everything about that and being cuddled up under a blanket and kind of the excuse of just slowing down and going in. But the actual weather part, uh, it it would be that one day, you know, a week when it's bright and sunny and pretty. It sounds like you need a milder winter. Like you like, because I get all of those things that you said you love. I get sweaters and warm socks. Yeah. cozy fires. We have fires in the fireplace. Um, yeah. and I get little rainy days where you stay inside. I just, it's on a different scale. So it sounds like yeah. you maybe have a mild winter in your future. Well, or like, or like a real winter. I just don't feel like we've had real winters. So like it becomes this sort of in between myth, yeah. like you can't, there's no way to play in it. If I was, if I lived in a climate, like the one I grew up in, you didn't complain about the weather. Cause it just was what it was. And everyone played in it. Like yeah. you went outside and you skied and you snowshoed and you did winter hikes and like that now is just kind of depressing yeah it's like yeah because it's neither fish nor fowl to use that old <laughs> thing right it's just kind of in between it's middling a lot and that really depends on the winter there have been beautiful winters over the last five years mm-hmm. where we've had lots of snow and you know that that crisp um sunshiny day yeah yeah and we just haven't really, yeah. I feel like last year, the weather was so extreme. It just screwed up a bunch of my travel and made me mad. Oh my and gosh. I know I this remember. year. There's just not really anything. It's yeah. just kind of meh. Well, so. there's still time. We are recording oh, this no, on you're... the 15th of January. So <laughs> there's definitely still time. And, and we are not like, I love a good blizzard. And so maybe I just have to get to that yeah. part. Um, and then my favorite time of year, I would say it's really a toss up. I would say June or September. Okay. Although I would even say now pushing it more to almost October because we've we've had these like June is more spring than summer mm-hmm. and September is more summer than fall mm-hmm. um, the last few years. It's that when it's what I love is in the early part of the summer or late spring when it smells good outside and yeah. everything is in bloom and you have those like 70 degree days like, you know, it's just perfect. Yeah. Like it feels like no temperature at all. Yes. And then again, when it starts to cool off and you have more like 60 to 65 and it's crisp and the leaves start to turn and I really have a hard time choosing, which I love better, but they're both pretty great. It's room temperature. We've talked about this. Like I love and and anywhere I go in the world, when it feels like that, it's like, oh, this is Santa Barbara weather. Like where I grew up, it's like room temperature all the time. And so there's a reason why I'm picky and spoiled. (laughs) We had a summer a few years ago where it was like we were just joking because it was like 72 degrees every single day, the entire summer. And it was like my favorite summer ever. I was outside constantly. Like I would eat dinner on my patio and work on my patio. I was never hot. I was never cold. I was just perfect like the entire summer. And that's pretty rare. Yeah. It's lovely though. It is lovely. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. 
Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back and we're going to expand beyond just winter here. So let's talk about the weather where we each live year round. Megan, do you want to give kind of a a brief sketch of what someone can expect in Southwest Michigan as they go throughout the year. Yes. Gosh, wouldn't I love to. (laughs) Um, Okay. So like I said, it's been a little bit unseasonably mild, um, but usually you'd, you'd go into January with a bang, lots of snow, ice, cold. Um, This is typically our bitterest month of the Mm -hmm. year, um, or at least has been for as long as I can, you know, recall. And then, and then it starts to get weird. (laughs) <laughs> so February can be this really strangely warm, like you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, and that can happen anytime, like right, it's happening right now. But typically I would say February is when you start to have more decent days than bad, um, where it's a little warmer or it is that pretty snow with the warm enough temperature where it like feels really good to be outside, even though there's snow on the ground. Like mm-hmm. those are my favorite kind of days. And it's a tease because then you start to think, oh my gosh, winter's almost over. Um, And then often, I'm not going to say every year, but like probably more years than not, we are hit with a huge snowstorm sometime in February, sometime in March, sometimes as late as late April. Yeah. So there's this really extended fake out period Mm -hmm. where you don't know what's going to happen. And I start to become very obsessive about the weather, like in March, like Mm -hmm. where I'm checking it constantly. I want to know what the temperature is going to be. I'd finally settled into the idea that it's winter and I just need to like kind of grip my teeth and get through it. But then you get these little teases of like a beautiful day here and there and the snow melts and like maybe the birds come out and it smells muddy and it has that spring smell. And then that lasts for like two miserable months. Mm -hmm. So I actually think February and March are the hardest months for me. Um, April, you really do start to have some spring like weather. By May, it's starting to get really pretty. It's still very muddy and not warm yet, but it's there's a lot of sun. Um, There's definitely nice days. Things are in bloom. And then the last few years, June has been kind of cool. Like, I'm not going to say cold. It just doesn't really feel like summer. Like it's not beach weather yet. It's like high sixties, low seventies, still rain, lots of rain. And then July and August are very pretty and they can be, um, sometimes hot. Like we do have humid heat here, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, we're talking anywhere from like high seventies to low eighties is pretty typical. And then you've got your you've got your atypical 90 some degree day, or you'll yeah. have like a week long heat wave where it's 95 every day. Or, and there's no really predicting that very far out. You just so know it's going to happen. At some you know, point. it's going to happen and it's probably going to affect some vacation plans you've got or whatever. Um, but I do feel like we kind of lucked out the last few years. We've had vacations every year and the weather's been great. Like I haven't had any complaints. Um, and then September, it starts to cool down. And that's when the like late September is when the leaves start to get crispy and fall off the trees. Mm-hmm. And then October is delightful. Like it's just the weather is crisp, um, sweater weather, boots, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty out and it smells really good outside. And then November just kind of bleh. Yeah. Like November is gray and it either rains or it snows. Um, it's just working its way toward winter. The days yeah. are very quickly getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. And then December, I find I don't even notice the weather in December. <laughs> I'm so caught up in like 
holiday stuff yeah. that I'm not really paying attention to what it's like outside. And it's not so far into winter that you're tired of it yet. So if you get, no, if you get cold especially like snow, you're like looking forward to yeah, it, you then want it. feels it. Christmassy. Yeah. And if you don't, it's not on your radar. Yeah. So like this Christmas, we didn't even get snow. I don't think we got it, definitely no sticking snow all of December. And a little part of me was kind of bummed, like, oh, we didn't have a white Christmas. But then the bigger part of me was like, yeah, but I don't have to do with snow. So it was fine. It, right. December can be whatever it wants to be, really. <laughs> so what about you? <laughs> well, I, I want to comment on listening to you talk through that year. I mean, I'm having memories of the Chicago winters and the Chicago summers that I did. Um, you didn't mention summer rain. And that was something I remember from uh, summers in the upper Midwest, the Great Lakes region, because I'm from a place where if it's summery, it's very, very dry. So I always thought summer thunderstorms and thunder showers were really cool when I lived in yeah. Chicago. So it didn't occur to me that that would be an unusual thing. It but is. Yes, that's very and a, a hot night when like there's like heat lightning, which is when it doesn't necessarily rain. Yeah, but there is there's lightning in the sky and those really warm thunderstorm nights. Those are fun um, and they're pretty frequent. Yeah, it's it was very different for me because um, our rain, first of all, really only happens in the winter, maybe spring. Uh, thunder and lightning are very unusual here. It's I won't say never. It's common to hear kind of a little bit of a rolling thunder like far away. But we don't have electric storms like you have in oh, the Midwest. Okay. So when I moved to Chicago, I thought that was very exciting. Along and they can with, get real gnarly yeah. here. Yes. Like, yeah. And fun to watch. Even though I'm kind of an anxious person and certain phenomena scare me, but those didn't for some reason. I loved being inside and just watching like a great big old summer thunderstorm out the window. So I love, you know, one other thing I didn't mention, and I should really quick before you launch in, um, is the effect that the great lakes really does have. So I've talked about this on the show before, but Lake Michigan looks like an ocean. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. huge. And so I live on Lake Michigan. And so you'll be looking out at the horizon and there's water as far as the eye can see. And so something like an electric storm, like a lightning storm looks super cool. Mm-hmm. And when the when the clouds roll in over the lake, we tend to get our weather from Chicago. Yeah. So it, it rolls um, east to west or sorry, west to east from yeah. Chicago over the lake to us. And like you can see it coming and it's really cool. Like yeah. there's some really cool photography that's been done around that. Um, it also really affects our, our winter weather. So we get what's called lake effect snow. And that means the weather in St. Joe can be completely different than the weather 10 miles inland like Mm -hmm. just or even a little bit south or a little bit north it all depends on kind of what's happening over the lake and it's like creating its own weather system Mm -hmm. so that means it's not quite as predictable like you might know that there's snow rolling in yeah um from west and like you're gonna get hit but you might also get hit just randomly with like snow that you didn't even like that wasn't really showing up on the radar in the same way well and so when i was in chicago i mean i remember a lot of talk about lake effect cooler by the lake blah 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 but if 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 systems move west to east as they usually do we were sending them to you they weren't coming over the lake so you probably in terms of the quantity of snow and stuff that's probably more of a your side of the lake thing than a chicago thing right yeah so the way that the lake effect or whatever works is different on either side of the lake again i'm not a meteorologist (laughs) and i don't even play one on the radio or in podcasting but um, my, my understanding is that the weather pattern tends to come this way. Yeah. We get this, we get the lake effect snow. We are more affected by the weather coming from yeah. Chicago. And in my experience, when there's like a really bad, um, storm, it tends to be like more cold and windy on the Chicago side mm-hmm. and more heavy snow on this side, but that's I, just anecdotal. Uh, yeah, know? no, I think that that rings true for when I remember yeah. it. Very, very windy and very, very cold. And the temperature yes. is always colder by the lake. The, you very, know, and, the, and again, like. It is cooler by the lake here as well, but I think that's exaggerated in Chicago. Like, I think it can be a lot cooler right. if you're within, a, you know, a half mile of the lake as opposed to out right. know, by. Now, one thing about that is that in Chicago area, you can be in the city of Chicago and st- and be miles from the lake. Whereas here, if you're a mile from the lake, you're not in St. Joe anymore. So, right. The you enti- know, like, your entire yeah, town. Or, yeah. Yeah. You're in a different town, maybe two miles. Sense. But yeah. So it, I think that also affects maybe not the reality of it but the perception right because if you're in the chicago suburbs that you might as well hear you'd be like in a different county right so right yeah um well i i will say that the most interesting weather i've had in my life has not been where i live currently so i've experienced the extremes of which you speak and and a lot of what you talked about about march and april and waiting for that tease to be over and I've said this a million times, it's so similar to the end of an Arizona summer in terms of the, the, the mental state that you're in. So that would be yeah. October. 
in Arizona where it feels like it should be cooling down and it's still 105. And you're like, um, uh. um. <laughs> anyway. Um, so it's my turn to kind of go through the year here, which will probably not take very long because we have our mild winters, as I described. Uh, March will start to warm up. We could still get rain in March. Um, March and April could be a mix of 70s and then maybe still a little bit of cooler time. I think the biggest surprise for most people who don't know Southern California weather or coastal California is that we have what is called May gray and June gloom, which means just when people are getting out of school all around the country and thinking they're going to plan a California vacation, it could be very disappointing. So it's really foggy in the coastal areas and it stays very cool all the way through June, even early July. Now, I love it again because I did a decade in Arizona and I don't really I don't yearn for summer temperatures. But if you were if you're a beach family and you're really looking forward to warm beach weather, you could be disappointed because it will be 4th of July or later before that kicks in. The fog is cool, though. It's it's misty and it's cool. And um, yeah, it's just kind of our own version of spring, which is a little bit strange. So then our summer is if you're near the beach, the summers are warm, but not crazy. So the way California works is as you go inland, it gets hotter and you don't have to go very far inland. So from where I'm about three and a half miles from the beach as the crow flies, if you go 10 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles, it just gets hotter and hotter and hotter in the summer. So you want to be as close to the coast as you can, but it'll be the difference between 75 to 80 80, 85, and then all the way into your like desert, like your Palm Springs, you know, like, yeah. which is more like Arizona. So um, I feel lucky to be relatively close to the beach where I am. Summer temperatures after June gloom, summer temperatures are probably in the 80s. Um, but the mornings and the evenings are still very pleasant. That was a big, a, a big relief from Arizona too. there when it's hot. It's just 24 seven hot, whereas we still get very pleasant, cool evenings and mornings. Um, and then the like the biggest kind of bummer on the flip side of our June gloom and May gray is that I our summer really happens in like September and October. It's just right when the kids go back to school, it's hot. We can have 80s into 90s, up and down between 80s and 90s. And it just always seems to last longer than I want. It's not as bad as, you know, it's not as bad as Arizona. But often I am grumpiest in like October here because it's still yeah. 85 and I just want it to be 65. It's not like I need, right. you know, I don't need like like New England fall. I just want some some sign of fall. And I just it, it's hot through through Halloween here. It's pretty hot, Um, much hotter than like June would be here. So I have to comment that I remember watching the movie E.T. when I was mm -hmm. a little kid and it starts on Halloween or or very quickly takes place on Halloween. It's like Halloween time. Mm -hmm. And there's the scene where all the kids are going out trick-or-treating. Yeah. And at this point, I lived in the UP. So it was <laughs> often snowing by Halloween. And I just remember watching, and I think that movie is set in Southern California, or maybe maybe it's in the Bay Area. Yeah, oh, it's in California where somewhere. It's set. Yeah. Um, but it's like you're watching all these kids go out in their costumes without having to have a coat over yeah. it or like a bunch of layers under it. And I remember feeling like, who are these people? Yeah. What no, is this? it's great. It's great for Halloween costumes. And and once the sun goes down, Halloween evening's very pleasant. You might even get to wear a sweater. But by that time of year, all of the focus is on fall fashion and boots and sweaters. And it just is always like we're just not there yet during the day. Mm -hmm. It's always hotter than I want it to be. And then um, November, December here would be very pleasant. It's fire season, unfortunately. I feel like mm -hmm. I have to mention that. Um, anymore when it comes to weather. The temperatures cool down um, in November and December, but we aren't likely to get rain yet. Because um, I, as I talked about, that's very much a January, February thing. And the just the terrible, terrible fire season, I feel like is at its, I think it's all the way from like September to December, but it feels like November, December is when everything's been dry, even though it's cooler, everything's been dry since March, probably. We really yeah. don't get summer rain at all. So the drier it is, and then we get those um, Santa Ana winds that you always hear about on TV. And mm, so that I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. You, oh my gosh, that was crazy when you were <laughs> with us in Santa Barbara. It felt like a hot dryer. It was like a, a hot, hot wind. Um, a hot wind. Which yes. time of year? That was summer though, right? August? It was uh, July. Yeah. Wasn't it right around the, it was right around 4th of July. Yeah. It was right after. Yeah. That was strange. And it had been very, very pleasant. And then suddenly it felt like someone turned a hairdryer on. Yeah, it, was, it was crazy. It was, that was really crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I think that, I think I, I made it through our year. I, I think the one thing I want to say about California, and you probably feel this way about, I think we always feel um, sort of like protective of where we live and you want to explain it to people who have misconceptions. And 
California is just so big that what I've described is like my one little corner of being Southern California close to the beach. But like, it's totally different if you're like in the Bay Area or in Sacramento yeah. or t- like Tahoe area. And so I think um, because California is obviously like a famous place to live, but it's also so big. So you feel like what I described is not all of California by any means. There are mountains and snow and like there's there's just all different kinds of places. So. Yeah. I don't think we have quite that much of an extreme difference, except it just gets colder in some places. But I do sometimes feel defensive about when I'm complaining a little bit about a Michigan winter, because when I love Michigan, I love nothing more than Michigan. Yeah. It's just that when I'm sick of winter, I'm really, really sick of winter. So I get it. Everyone has their things about where they live. Right. So when you're going through all of those and we can just kind of briefly touch on this, but like how much does your wardrobe change in a year? I'm going to guess less than mine. Yeah, no, it really does not change very much. I'll give you two specific changes. I do wear shorts in the summer reluctantly. I really, from a fashion perspective, I don't love shorts. I don't like the way they look on me, um, but they're much more practical than dresses for a lot of reasons. They have pockets and um, I'm very comfortable in like tank tops. So I will wear shorts in my July, August. September, reluctantly in October, maybe. Um, I have found good luck with shorts at Madewell on end of season clearance. So I buy them like in November and Madewell has great shorts and they go down to like $19 and like cute, like linen-y kind of styles. Um, So that changes because I prefer not to wear shorts and I will do it when the weather calls for it. Um, And then outerwear is just in our winter, it's just layers. So Um, I find myself in like a fleece or I have my puffy vest that I've had for like five years. Um, I do that a lot with like a fleece and a vest. And then you kind of lose the layers throughout the day. But just jeans like I can wear jeans and I can wear shoes without socks. Like I don't really need I'll wear my Uggs, but then I'll I'll switch those out for like some flat sneakers without socks. So like my shoes really don't change. Um, I might put on a coat coat if I have to be outside in the morning for some reason. Yeah. But otherwise, like you're you know, your cardigan for a spring evening is the same cardigan for the fall. Like it's pretty year round with the exception of the shorts and then a little bit more layering in the winter. So I have found it the older I get, um, harder and harder to look cute in the summer. I just feel like the looks (laughs) that were cute on me when I was like 20, 25 aren't anymore. And like, I don't always want to be wearing a sundress all the time, but I kind of default to that because otherwise I feel floppy. Like I don't feel like I'm put together. Yeah. Um, in some of the looks that I guess looked cute when I was younger were. So I like, I'm relieved by the fashion starting at about September. And for me, that is leggings or jeans yeah. more more likely leggings. And then either like a, a plaid button up or a sweater, yeah. like a big sweater. And that to me, for me, that look is pretty consistent mm-hmm. um, from like September until like May, mm-hmm. maybe. And then it starts to kind of like, okay, maybe I'll wear jeans rolled up with Mm -hmm. a t-shirt in May and June. And then I'm into my, like, it's hot. I guess I'll wear shorts if I have to or whatever weather um, for a little while. The only thing that really changes though, is the outerwear that changes a lot. So I've got more layers. I've, I've often got like sweaters, like in every room of the house draped over the backs of chairs. I'm looking at mine right now. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, I usually graduate from like my mid weight fall coat to like my slightly heavier coat to my like you know what I mean it's just like it just it just escalates until now I'm in my big puffy Columbia jacket that I'll be in until probably March and then then I'll start to kind of bring it back down again I've always said that our winter uh wardrobe is basically like your late fall we just don't have the outerwear like so we and the only other difference is the footwear I forget that like I don't really have to wear full socks and shoes if I don't want to. I mean, I'll be, yeah. you know, I'll be warmer in my Uggs or in a cute pair of boots, but I, I seriously could go outside in flip-flops. I could go pick up the kids in flip-flops if I wanted to. So that's another big difference. But otherwise, ours looks a lot like, like our winter looks a lot like your October wardrobe. And for, honestly, for summer, like I'll have a pair of like slide-on sandals and a pair of like um, Sperry's or some kind of easy to get mm-hmm. on shoe. That's kind of it. In the winter, I feel like I just have to have so many more shoe options because mm-hmm. I have to have a good grippy pair of boots if I want to walk outside. And then I have to have a good grippy pair of boots if I want to walk outside and it's really cold. Like those are two right. different and or those are two different situations. Exactly. Yeah. And then I have to have like my nice going out boots that I would wear to a professional or like out to dinner. Those are different from my like, I'm going to run the kids to school boots, but they all have to be warm. So it's, it, and I do wear, I do depend a lot on socks 
And that starts the minute it's not hot out anymore. Mm -hmm. I am in my wool socks from September to May. So mm -hmm. yeah, lots of layers, lots of outer things yeah. um, is my reality for much of the year. Mm -hmm. So we touched on your house just being kind of inconsistently cold and yes. hot. By touched on it, we, we mean you I complained already. <laughs> it's okay. We touched on it. I'm just being nice here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but tell me, like, is it customary to have the full suite of heating and cooling devices in your temperature? I know when at your parents' yeah. house in Santa Barbara, you said like, they yeah. don't typically have any air conditioning because it's not needed. But right. you're down, you know, I'm further hours. south. South. So yeah. this actually is an interesting question. And especially because of our decade in Arizona, it kind of shifted how we think about climate control. So I'm I'm going to start there briefly because you don't have a choice in there to right. have air conditioning or not. And so you get very used to climate control is just a part of your life. And actually, even the winters are colder there. So you if you don't have AC, you have heat on and it's kind of year round. Well, that's not true. There's a, there's some nice months, but um, right. moving there, moving here from there. What was different for us is the closer you are to the coast in Southern California, you really, you can be fine without air conditioning. You're going to have a couple hot weeks in the late summer, but if you have the doors open and you have a fan now, as I explained, the, the farther you go inland, then you, that's pretty like, that's not a good idea. You should have AC. So people around here, and it's very expensive. So people around here wear it kind of like a badge of honor to wait as long as possible to turn on their air conditioning or not use it at all. And that was different for me because like, for me, if I'm going to use it, if I'm going to need it at some point, why don't I just use it when it's comfortable? Um, right. And we actually got solar uh, power in the last couple of years. So it's, a, it's less, it doesn't really cost uh, the same. It's our, the way we pay for it is different now, but it's very expensive. So people do try to avoid the AC, especially if you're closer to the beach, they will either not have it like in Santa Barbara. Um, it's very coastal and a lot of people don't have it or they'll have it and not use it on purpose. And then it's kind of like, they're proud of it. Like I'm not turning on the air conditioning unless it's 95 degrees in here or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. heat, I think you could be, you could probably be fine without heat. As I said, ours kicks on in the morning and warms up the house kind of, but I mean, honestly, you, yeah, you would be fine or you just use it very little. So Climate control is a thing, but people are very aware of how expensive it is. And if you're if you're like a, a born and bred coastal Californian, you're probably more used to uh, opening windows, closing windows and using fans because that you really can. And so why not? Right. And I right. think our our approach was slightly different coming from this environment where you just were so used to it. You were so used to keeping a, a climate controlled house. So how about you? Well, it's it, so the bravado that you're talking about of not turning AC on, there's definitely some of that here with waiting to the last possible minute to turn heat on or yeah. keeping it set really low. Um, some things that are a little bit different. So you really have to have heat. I mean, your pipes yes. would freeze if you didn't have heat here. And, and I would also argue that AC, I mean, you can go without it, but the houses here, a lot of them are really old mm -hmm. and they're not really set up to cool efficiently. Um, I don't know how people did it. Like, Back when it was, you know, really hot and there was no such thing as air conditioning. I just think it was probably miserable. Yeah. And I actually grew up in an old house that did not have AC. And I don't really remember what we did in the summer, except that I was living in the UP then. And it was like probably 10 degrees on average cooler. Yeah. There. And so, it probably wasn't very long. It was probably just like a, a couple right. of weeks or something. Yeah. You'd have yeah. a couple of miserable weeks. I remember um, huddling under a wet sheet with a fan <laughs> blowing like under the sheet. You know yeah. what I mean? With my stepbrother, actually. And that was in St. Joe. But that was like the one because we I think we had AC on the on the first floor, but not the second, which is also common if it's um, an older system that doesn't reach the upstairs or sometimes there's just window units mm -hmm. in some rooms and not others. So you just got good at it. And I think we've gotten kind of spoiled now. Central AC is pretty much expected or people have really good window units. Yeah. So um, I would have a hard time getting through summer without AC. Yeah. I just when it gets humid and miserable and you can't escape that mugginess, it's it's rough. Yeah. One thing that was interesting about the small house I lived in for the last couple of years is that it heated really, really, really efficiently. Um, and I, I, I run hot at night mm -hmm. and right next to my bed was the, the furnace or mm. the, you know, the vent. the vent. And so I would turn it way down at night, probably to my kids chagrin <laughs> They're shivering because otherwise I was like roasting all night long because it would kick on and I would just feel it. And I would be, it would go from me being comfortable under the covers to having to kick all the covers off. And then it would turn off and on because as soon as it got hot enough, like it would, you know, the heat kicks off mm -hmm. and then you'd be freezing again. And so I just decided to just keep it off. So it would be like way down to like 63 at night. And so 
you know, we would have that chilly morning, but yeah. because it was so small, um, once I turned the heat on, like it would be warm within mm-hmm. 10 minutes in the house I'm in now. It's a lot bigger. It's an old house. It's drafty. Like, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out, but I have, a, it's going to take some time yeah. I think, to figure it out. A lot of people have good ceiling fans. That really does help like a good ceiling fan and a system of having the windows open in the right configuration. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Um, some of the old houses, the windows are literally painted shut or won't open. <laughs> so that is, you know, so it kind of depends a lot on the the age of the home, where you live in proximity to those lake breezes. Those do make a difference. Do you find and, yourself like, are you someone who I, I'll just speak for myself. I am often adjusting things in my house for maximum comfort. So like yes. I love an open window, but then if it gets too cold or if the heat's going to kick on, I'm not, I'm not going to yep. waste heat by having... So I'll open the windows. I'll close it. I'll turn on the heat. I do it with lights too. I'm just yeah. constantly like yeah, adjusting. I, I, I uh, fidget a lot or not fidget. That's not the right word. I fuss. Like yeah. I'm always fussing around. Yeah. yeah. Um, ceiling fans. I was going to mention too. We had um, Arizona again. It comes so standard in every house, in every room. It's not like a luxury. They're just there. And here the houses in my neighborhood were built without ceiling fans in the bedroom. And we were so used to them and it really can make a huge difference. It can cut costs on your AC bill. It can, it can just be pleasant to have that air moving. So we, um, a couple years into living here, had ceiling fans put in the upstairs bedrooms. And it was, it is really nice. In the summer, we could have the windows open and the fan on and save ourselves, you know, a several degrees of when the, a- when the AC needs to kick on. Yeah. All right. Well, Sarah, I was going to have us, you know, wrap up here, but I want to ask one more question. Okay. And I think I know what your answer is. Okay. What is your ideal climate? And by that, I mean, what is the place where you feel has the best climate in all the world? Yeah, probably my hometown of Santa Barbara. I know. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking of like, there's not a lot of variety in Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. And so that I think another thing that appeals to me is someplace with four mild seasons, because it is the changing of leaves and the coming of snow and the warming of spring. There's something really lovely about that. I think of places like um, well, in the West, it would be like Central Oregon or maybe like Napa or some places that get warm sun, but colder in the winter and and have a little more seasonality. And then I'm sure like we talked about Nashville and I think like North Carolina and there's some yeah. other like mid-Atlantic places. And I'm sure where all of you live out there, you're like me, me, me. I, Colorado, there's parts of Colorado. There's lots of places with four even seasons where you get a little bit of everything. I guess my request is that it not be hot. That's the one I don't yeah. like at all. So yeah. I find this to be a really difficult question to answer because like I said, when I love Michigan, I don't love anything more than Michigan. And I truly love Michigan nine months of the year. Um, the three months that I don't love it, I really start to just really not like it. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think like eventually when all the kids are out of the house and I'm, I am a geographically, what's the word I'm looking for? My job is not geographically dependent. I could technically go someplace. Is it going to be me staying in Michigan, but then heading out to Southern California for like February and March or January and February? That is definitely something that's does not sound awful. Mm -hmm. Um, Or is it going to be moving just South enough that I get like kind of the same effects? I think I'd miss, I think I would miss Michigan. Yeah. Um, like you, I don't want hot. I don't want humid hot. Mm-hmm. I don't even really want hot, hot, hot. No. Um, and that rules out, honestly, a lot of that mid-Atlantic as well. Like mm-hmm. the, some of those Southern states, they get real humid and hot in yeah. the winter or summer. I mean, yeah. so like, what is the thing I can deal with the best <laughs> when it's, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. it's the, at its worst, or am I better off just with something that's just steady year round and just getting that groove? And I don't know. Yeah, I have an answer that for and, myself. And it's very unique to the person, too, because I don't mind being cool, but I definitely know people who yearn for like sun and warmth. Yeah. Santa Barbara would not be an ideal climate for that. It's damp and it's cool a lot of the year. And if you do get sun, it's lovely, but it's not it's not like it's not like layout on the beach sun, except for yeah. a, a few times a year. So it's it's all about your personal preference, too. And I definitely have people. My mother in law is a total sun seeker, like wherever just like the warmest possible sun. And that's not how I am. So Yeah. I guess maybe there just is no perfect and it just depends on the individual person and what they're, what they really need and what they're, I guess, willing to tolerate. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I can't believe we spent an entire like hour long episode talking about the weather. <laughs> Actually, I totally can. This has been in the works for a long time. And uh, when we, you know, had this idea, I think we both were like, yep, yep. I think it's time. Right. Okay, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode where we talked about the weather. And as a reminder, we will be back with a regular episode on Tuesday where we probably won't talk about the weather. (laughs) 
We'd also love for you to check out the podcast club that we mentioned earlier in this episode at themomhour.com slash club. We think it's going to be a really fun way for you to bring together moms in real life in your community. And we are excited to hear how you use it and whether y'all like it. So please let us know. Again, it's themomhour.com slash club. And we'll be back with you on Tuesday. Talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.